you know what? There was a, a monk. martial artist, but he was a monk. <laughs> and we think you're him. And you're like, oh, well, you must have pictures of him because there's been that technology. And you're just like, oh, that's the best. That's a JP sketch 100% <laughs> through. It's like 100 years from now. And that monk... Is very was a very important like he's the first monk to use the printing press, <laughs> right? So you got a young monk now. It's like I got to get in touch with my roots. I gotta, I'm reincarnated as this guy, and it's like eh, eh, eh. <laughs> you're also me, <laughs> Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's like no. Oh! Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. Yo, how's it going? Oh, crack me a, crack me a coli too. Peach pear. Peach pear. Oh yeah, that's the best one. Look at this. Have you heard of these yet? Have you heard these? I've seen them. How is it? Is it caffeinated? Yeah. Is that what I see on there? Thirty milligrams, and I started to realize like how medicinal America's food culture. Last night I had this thought. Like how yeah. medicinal our food culture in this country is. And I'm probably more guilty of it than most because I was like, 30 milligrams, you know, like, perfect. It's like, why am I thinking about my water you know, consumption? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would, sure, I would be concerned if I was like, man, I'm tired. I need to take this 30 milligram pill of energy. You know what I mean? Of, yeah. 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 They're, they're out there. They're those like yellow caffeine pills and they're terrible for you. Right. Even though they're what, like, yeah, it's all just garbage, even though it says it's like the same as a cup of coffee, but I'll see this and I'll go, I could use a good 30 mils. Mills. I know my limit. I'm around <laughs> a 40, 50 mil guy. So 30 is just a little bump. So it's it's just funny that they would put it on. Not like, you know, not just that it's black tea and we have the wherewithal to go, oh, black tea has caffeine. So this mm-hmm. seltzer has black tea, so it's probably caffeinated. But like we have to see like a dosage, like we've become a dosage yeah. country. I, now you're saying that and all I'm picturing is like at the AHA factory. It's like those scenes in classic narco movies. You got ladies in bras <laughs> with bandanas on like. <laughs> scooping 30 mils at a time of caffeine into the each little can and then they hit the uh what is that called the soda stream yes <laughs> they check under their i don't know what would, it doesn't matter it's gotta scrub their hair it's like uh in deadwood when they're mining for gold they make all those like polish guys uh this is hearst after they come out of the mine they check their teeth their shoes uh-huh. and then they check their hair they make them shower because these cagey Polish guys working in these mines would take gold dust and like just <laughs> yeah. grind it into their scalp and get that hair grease to hold on to those like flecks of gold. It reminds me of uh, Joe it's Pesci's. It's like Casino. You go home yes, and Yes, Joe your... Pesci's character in Casino. I know there's fucking something else in there. Come on now. Shake it out. And then she's <laughs> like, there's nothing. There's nothing. That one falls out. He goes, oh, yeah, that's nothing. That's And it's such a perfect, scummy Italian thing because it's like, no, nothing, nothing. And it's like just like it's a short slap, like a one inch punch like oh, yeah, to her face. Never. It's just so quick and it's so it's mean. But like that, the, the disturbing part of it is that it's nothing and it's like kind of or at least externally, I'm sure it's a lot to her, but between those two, it's like, yeah, like it happens all the time. Yeah. 
He's like, yeah, no, I, you're right. And that scene is so like, yeah, obviously he hits his wife, which is disturbing, but it's in the, it's the way it's a hit. Cause it's not like a, I'm going to knock your fucking light, like rage hit. It's like the way you'd slap your cat or your dog. Yes. Like, I told you to <laughs> get it. away from the door. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly. So it's what like an it insulting is. assault. It's yeah, it's yeah, it, it's messed up. Probably pretty common. Probably, probably pretty. Probably still is, unfortunately. That lady getting wise. You getting wise with me? <laughs> I love you get a little ham hock. I mean, the uh, uh, relation. Well, life is all about self correction now, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Anybody that doesn't have the wherewithal, to, well, God forbid anybody that's doing that, but you just go like, I need to change my attitude because it's been like they've pulled a poster down and go like, that's all that shit that you've been doing is wrong. Um, But like now that it's out in the open, I'm talking about like relationships, men and women. There's just if if guys aren't willing to change, they're just yeah. gonna, they're just going to get a a. Uh, a um, hair iron up their butthole. Like, you know what I mean? There's going to be no sympathy yeah. for the devil, if you will, as there shouldn't be. But, like, the retaliation can be, I think, can be much, much bigger and only yes. garner a shoulder shrug. Yeah. Were you being an asshole? Did you give her, like, a dog slap? Yeah. So she cut your nipple off. Dro- <laughs> right. She drops a fucking cinder block on your head <laughs> like, took a nap. Yeah, she gave you the Ruth, the biblical Ruth. I've told you about that before, but that's the guy who gets the the spike through his temple because he looked at her wrong. That's right. Just the, which is, you know. Back alley Bethlehem right there. Get a back alley Bethlehem. A Bethlehammer. Bethlehem. That's a hammer. Oh, man. If that's not a wrestler or a fucking comic book villain. Trademark <laughs> it is now the Bethlehammer. That's pretty good. Yeah, you're what a right. great name! And even if you're if you're of Jewish descent, like a Jewish wrestler named the Bethlehammer, that's great. Yeah, I I mean I think send you to the promised land. Here comes the Bethlehammer. I think it's both uh uh Christian and Judaic meaning Bethlehem and True. Bethlehem's Old Testament. You get a little Ooh, taste of could... both, and then Jesus was born in Bethlehem. That's a little Christian. But he what was you Jewish, had an oily so preacher character, like your like million dollar man or the the famed IRS Irwin R. Scheister, but it's like a greasy TV preacher. Event? Yes, that's so it. He's, yes, he's always skeeving away. He's uh-huh. got that Ric Flair weasel, but he's got that Bethlehemer once he once your back is turned, and he's got to have like a um, like kind of a, I guess self aware, but delusional like kind of like um effeminate like religious yeah. like side the sure. uh, floral yeah. roberts floral roberts and the bethlehammer <laughs> uh yeah you, you play that a feet angle like a big buff dude big blonde greasy pompadour deep tan deep rich tan you know what i would have you know what would, expensive would t- suit of like you need a kerchief I would bust that shit out, and I would just go to full nine. So when our walkout would only walk out to like a church band, yeah, electric drums, synthesizer, mm-hmm. electric guitar, your, but a, a then low for your, electric your acoustic. WrestleMania, 
swerve if you want to break baby face with uh, Floral Roberts. That's when you get the full-on classic choir. Mm, Like, just they bring you in, like, the heroic entrance. Because otherwise you have the skeevy, like, like uh, Will Ferrell's character. Like, those singers, the church singers. You know, the little crappy Casio. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Instead of drum, just one drum. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and those are your goons too, the band. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they have all the the instruments to use to utilize. A lot of oh, so good. Writes itself. They're carrying them off like stretched out, like crucifix. Oh, yeah. religious moves. Uh, hollowed out Bible. You Full know? of dust. <laughs> 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 Did the hot breath through there? <sighs> and tell- all of you know what the moves would be. Uh, you'd have to, this getting really in depth, but I would have 10 super moves and they'd be my 10 commandments. Yes. <laughs> or <laughs> the, it's like the 10 commandment combination. You get the, you got 10, like two little kicks, two punch to the ribs. You finish with oh. the big uppercut. Yeah. I get, or you could just have one big move called the commandment, which is if you bring it all in one, I don't know what a sweet big commandment would be, but it would be always be your finishing move. And it would it could be so good. I think the commandment would just be top rope, arms out, making a cross, yeah. and then just a deadfall. The commandment. Just... That's a move that's come back. One of these young guys has it. It's called the coffin drop. Oh, well, there he you go. He goes to the top rope and then does arms across his chest and then just full body weight falls on him. Can you imagine doing that yourself? The head commandment. The head commandment. Can you Just imagine that. doing that? Having the faith to get on the third ropes and just falling backwards. Like Oh yeah. I mean yeah. and I, I don't mean I'm sure you could work out and you can practice it and you'd feel great. But like if you and I were just messing around and because we were in a gym and we're like, holy shit, they got a fully functional wrestling, wrestling gym. I'm gonna go up and give the coffin drop. And I get up there, one, it's obviously way higher <laughs> than you expect. Coffin drop. Two, it was hospital. really hard to get up there. And then just the thought of falling back, because I don't know if you're going to shift wrong and, like, bring your knee up a little too right, much. Right, like, we obviously didn't talk through how I'm going to catch you. So you're like, <laughs> is he going to go all arms? Because his arms aren't strong enough to just catch me. Nice. Bethlehammer. That's, oh, that's so fun. That's such a fun name. Welcome to the Jerk Practice Podcast. I'm the Bethlehammer. And I'm the, <laughs> the Crucifix. <laughs> Crucifixer. You're going to get crucifixed. It writes yes, itself. Fix dude. that match. You pain people off. You got the, you got your, you know, your, what do they call them now? Attaches that brings you to the ring. Uh, like, what? Like, just totally like mouse you up like a, a fucking librarian. Then the story writes itself like her hair comes down, the shirt's open. It's like, oh, she's hot. You and know, like, don't look at my wife. You don't know, look at her. You know what I would do? Uh, uh, what the Bethlehemer should do too, like to hype up the crowd, send out the uh, collection plates. Yes. Like when he's got a guy That's down, he brings his people down and they start passing collection <laughs> plates. <laughs> collection plate. And then and you're just, and then plate. you just get up on the ropes and you just many, many money. You just act like just gesture oh. to give me that money because you're this greasy preacher. How good is that? And then, right, a collection plate, the plates start coming back, and Perfect your guy wrestling. starts coming. There's a fucking, you know, brass knuckle in there, brass Bible in there. Ugh. 
Oh, and you could good. crack someone open with one of those bad boys? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Weapon in of itself. I mean, because you make it out of, like, the same shit a Burger King ashtray was made out of. So the yeah. way that shit would crumple when you crown somebody just... with it. Oh, crown of thorns. You could just go, you could oh, just. See, it's right itself. <laughs> and you would be the greatest heel ever. Well, oh, yeah. So which way do you think you would go using all that religious um, Start heel. lore? Would they love you or hate you because because you're a religious guy, so they're they're with you, you're the conservative, mm-hmm. you're the preacher? Yeah. Or are they offended because you're taking all their magic, all their stories I and messing with them? I think you, because those, like, the people were thinking about, like, um, what's his name, the fucking uh, Patty Lee and whatever his name is, the, the husband and wife that were Baker? Tammy oh, Faye. yeah, Tammy Faye Baker and like Tony that, Baker or like whatever. A, picturing that Jim type Baker. of guy so you you play up the sleaziness of it yeah so you're clearly using religion to get over on people they'll boo you and then you throw your money around boo you but then you get that redemption story because you got to fall at some point and then you return and you embrace the lord or you come back with face makeup and just be like undead floral roberts i i think if you like, really want to cut silent like- coffins do the whole gothic thing you go gothic swerve mm. you go you do biker and then back to heel you go just convert what what are like midwestern christians fear the most i think it's buddhism you fucking just do a full conversion yeah. go full, and they will lose yeah, their zen. mind oh my third so eye oh so good because then you can return then the story goes you do the buddhist gimmick for a while Tell that runs its course, but then you return to religion, but you go like fucking the Spanish Inquisition. So those <laughs> robes and the violence and the whips and like you got to make people pay for their sins. And then you win them all That's back. Awesome. You become a uh, a civil war get, general. <laughs> hit on the head and get amnesia or you get possessed by a good ghost or something. Oh, yes. And then you got to do an exorcism match. Can I ask you this? Uh, so, uh, wokeism and all this stuff. So we talk about like lampooning Christianity and the preacher mm-hmm. and everything. But then he comes back in a, as a Buddhist, right? And yeah. they all boo him because, oh, you know, like Christian becomes a Buddhist. I bet you get just as much, in my opinion, uh, out of context, unfortunate flack from people that don't watch wrestling, like, look at what he's doing to Buddhism, that don't know anything about Buddhism, that don't understand that just as much as this idiot's lampooning, you know, um, Christianity, Mm -hmm. he's lampooning Buddhism because the context is that he's a Buddhist wrestler. But I bet you'd get written up in the fucking New York Times for that shit, for appropriating Buddhist culture to do, you know, that's the thing, the Buddha drop, the Dharma. The, yeah, the Buddha drop. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just the butt bomb. <laughs> so good. Uh, no, it's so good because do you go – so now we're we're in the pitch room right now. We're working on this. We're trying to sell Art McGee who plays Floral Roberts. He's been wrestling for ages. We're trying to sell – do we sell him full Buddhist monk, shaved head, Shaolin, sort of like kung fu fighting stuff? Or do we do a soft where he's like – 
has the jean jacket with the yin yang on it. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm a Buddhist. Peace, bro. You're talking about a college student theology 101. Yeah. The, the, that gets mom. you close. Yeah. And then, oh, I got the move. It's a peace sign. Boom. Turns into an eye gouge. No, Casey. Yeah. Peace sign. But it's a three to get to third eye. And I think that's Hinduism. Ah. So, but, so I apologize <laughs> for that. But that's a good move. The triple... Get that the third, third no, it's the, the third eye gouge. Yes, exactly. And it's right oh. in the middle of the forehead. It's just a perfect hit. And it's <laughs> yeah, like a one-inch punch. They're like, oh my god. Hit. It's the third eye. He's bringing the third eye. And you third just get the poke. And the other Dude. guy has to sell it, right? Because it's, yes. oh my god. He's shifted the electric. He's reversed the electrical oh. flow in the brain. No, <laughs> oh, no, you could totally hit the chakras. Oh, like, oh his arm is dead. He hit the <laughs> no, moon chakra. Oh. That would be so so fun good. to sell. It would be so, so fun to fun. sell that match. Yes. Like, yes. Okay, so you got to do some chakra moves. He's got to pretend like you're squeezing his third eye with your. Because you get to do such a fun gimmick of he's such an amazing Buddhist. Like he's transcendent. Like he's nearly reached Nirvana himself. So you could have one match where you're just meditating and the guy has to fight himself. Because you're using your, like... Nirvana's a good name for him. Or her. Nirvana. But it should just be generic. I was... Before you said Nirvana, I was going to say, this wrestler should just be called religion. And he should just be the worst (laughs) mashup of religion. And stuff that's not even religion. But, like, for... For anyone, because I don't know a lot about religion, you're like, I think that's religious. Like, one butt cheek's a sun. One butt cheek's a moon. Yeah, you know, he's the walking. He's the walking that bumper sticker that says "coexist." Yes, made out of that's like exa- that's the exactly yin yang, it. the yep. cross, the star of David. Yeah, exactly. He's got a yarmulke on, big old dangly cross around his neck, a yellow sash. And I don't know what so carrying this an guy idol. could wrestle. This guy could have run with Undertaker. Well, that's... there's so many character tweaks you can do and still keep it in because it's not just a straight up he's hulk hogan or he's hollywood good bad that he right. they only did lights on lights off yeah like he never got to like play with it even sting was like i'm crazy surfer with the flat top that beats you up and now i'm just wear makeup and beat you up i had so much trouble i don't think i learned that sting there were two stings. They weren't the same person until like five years ago. I could not wrap my head. I was like, there can't be two famous stings. It's too <laughs> odd of a much. name. So that sting must also just be a singer. I was like, they're both blonde. I was like, I didn't listen <laughs> oh, to Sting, man. so I didn't bother if to know what Sting only. looked like. <laughs> That's some like next level Andy Kaufman shit. Like if the sting the singer who played Fayad Rautha in fucking Dune <laughs> also maybe that's why I got wrestled it. as like a English surfer, but they coexist like in the same like that's like, there should on. be more of that in the world because wrestling's fun. It just has a bad stigma because there's a lot of shitty people that like wrestling, right? Uh, that it take it that, that for... don't. Yeah. For 40 years and it was run by a fucking psychopath. This world should 
there should be an acceptable alternate reality that like once you get to this echelon of whatever you do if you want you have a key to this other door and it's really fun and it would be the best be like oh yeah brad pitt like wow meet joe black was a big movie Meet the pit. Welcome <laughs> yeah. to the. So he enters. So like you never know who's gonna show up, but it's always it's never Brad Pitt. It's got to be an alternate character. You got to create your sure, wrestling character. And if you want to come out, if you want to get a store they... work on us, never the Twain shall meet. But you just have this really cool world, basically like your wrestling avatar. Oh, yeah. I wish I. Well, they call yeah. it kayfabe, so they commit to that shit in real life. Right. Like, if you meet some of these older wrestlers, like, they, that shit stays on. Like, they're never not, you know, Floral Roberts. You're never going to meet. It's like with Macho Man. He was Macho Man Randy Savage. Like, the moment he discovered that character, he stopped being uh, Lonnie Papa and became Randy the Macho Man Savage. Is that exhausting, though? I don't know. Maybe. But you think about how much those dudes are on the road, how much they're on. This isn't like Daniel Day-Lewis where you're like, you work, you're on the set, then you're done. Like, these guys are living in a movie right. 24-7. But it seems like like we were talking about... I mean, you trade you trade your, whoever you used to be. You know, right. civili- Hans Freiwald ceased to exist when you became Floral Roberts because they can't live in the same space. But how cool is it, or how how enjoyable? Because I love Macho. I Macho Man's the best. I think I could take what I think. You know, like I I root for Macho Man. I wear a shirt. I'd be in the audience, and then I'd be like, "Oh shit! I got a backstage pass. I'm gonna go meet Macho Man." And it wouldn't take more than fifteen seconds before I was like, "Oh, he's like this all the time. I gotta go. I can't be around this energy much well, longer." Yeah, because I was gonna ask you, does that is that more of a sell to you, knowing you'll get to meet the person you see on TV, as opposed to the alternative, where it's like, oh man, I love Brad Pitt. I get to meet Brad Pitt, and then you're like, he's kind of a dick, man. Well, yeah, I would hate if Brad Pitt was a dick, but I would also, I would, uh, I wouldn't like to meet, I think Tyler Durden is cooler than Brad Pitt, but I wouldn't like to meet Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden? No, of course not. So, like... I would love to meet, I'd love to watch Macho Man wrestle like a badass, and then backstage I'd like to go like, what are you reading, Macho Man? Is that a biography yeah. of FDR? You know, like, <laughs> I like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need anyone to put on airs unless it makes them happy. But yeah. the reason Macho Man is a larger than life character is because... Life isn't that large, so I don't need to be around it. It's the same reason I was telling you that I thought it was so cool when I saw that interview with The Undertaker, and I was like, it almost like my shoulders could relax a little bit, because I was like, I bet I could compliment The Undertaker, and he wouldn't stare me down into a puddle. Right. You know what I mean? Because he played a character forever. Did I tell you that uh, uh, our old roommate, Brendan, who lives in Texas now? Yeah. His daughter played on a softball team with the Undertaker's daughter. So he got to have that, like, sideline dad talk with the fucking Undertaker. He's like, he's really cool. He's a nice dude. And I it warmed my heart because I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. That he just is like, oh, man, 
team needs some pitching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do, Undertaker. These girls Don't need a little bit that. more road work. They're not they're not quite fast enough around the bases. Oh my god! And then they somebody hits a foul ball, and Undertaker picks it up, and he can't throw it back to eats it like an apple <laughs> or that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the girliest throw. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> that the that, that again would make me love him all the more. I was like, I don't think the Undertaker knows what a baseball is. He thinks it's a fruit. <laughs> I, know, I would love to find out that he's from some exotic, weird Eastern European country, and it's like, what's this baseball? I think uh, he's not. I think he's straight up a Texas American. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's Harley Do Rags all the way. That was my least favorite iteration of the Do Rag. One of my favorite wrestlers. Oh, it's like you just look like a fucking biker now. You well, took away all the good gimmick, the fucking uh, the undead thing. Yeah, he's just like, nah, I'm the dead man. By dead, I mean cool. Yeah, I mean that's what he likes to do is ride bikes. So I it's get fine. that why he like. It's the same thing we just talked about. The same reason I don't want to hang out with Macho Man after the show is the same reason I don't want to see. What'd you say his name was? Leonard Peters or something? The same reason I oh, don't. Uh, Oh, uh, Macho Man's real name. It's like uh, his his brother's name is Lonnie, Lonnie Papa, Snake Papa, and his name is Lenny. Lenny and Lonnie. The same reason I don't want to see a guy named Lenny Papa, you know, warm up the crowd in Sioux Falls. Like, <laughs> I don't, I want to see the undead Undertaker, but after the show, yeah. I'll go poorly, talk to him about how cool his bike is because i know he's really into harleys and stuff after i know about him he wanted to take he's like i guess i need a new gimmick i like motorcycles i guess i'll be a motorcycle guy okay fair make wouldn't take that i get to ride a world we get to ride a motorcycle in a building yeah that sounds cool but that is poor uh management on that is poor management on their part because he should have become the bethlehem or he should have become a greasy preacher in his next iteration he wasn't the best on the mic. That's his problem. <laughs> some guys got it, some guys don't. Here, one second. Sorry. This is on our doorstep. Yeah. Look at this. What is it? It's a package, but it's like. Look at this box. That's the bottom of it. I guess Ace Ventura <laughs> just delivered us a package. It's completely <laughs> open. God. Somebody was in it, maybe. Yeah, I don't that's know. the bottom. Who's it from? Oh, it's not for me. I don't care. Yeah. It's for Dell. It's obviously for us. She's got enough shit. That's nice. Well, let's... I would be embarrassed to drop that off. But... Right. If that was your job to deliver packages and it looked like you took it... The dog ate the package. Uh, that's a hard pivot. So, um, but I will tell you this. I do kind of wish I had one of those ring cameras... Because right where we, uh, I was like, I would just like to, I don't want to get anybody in trouble who hates their fucking job unless they're a racist or a bigot or a piece of shit or treat me poorly. But this Amazon uh, person was delivering two packages and the way our house is set up, like uh, if we open like a bay window, it's right next to the front door and I was sitting there on my computer. So usually if a package comes, I got the window open, the, the breeze is coming in. I just yell out the window like, thank you, or like, hi. You know, like, I don't yeah. have to go out and greet anybody, but if I just happen to be there because it's 
so obvious that I'm sitting right there, right? So I said hi to this person, and they had two boxes, and there's a tiny little, like, four-inch step up to the stoop, up to the porch, Mm -hmm. let's say. And I went, hi, she didn't answer me, and she just dropped from waist high these two packages that landed half on the steps and half off and just went drop and then fell back and tipped over. So they were just like two laying on the sidewalk. And I was just like, what? And she, I, she I was like, that was crazy. But I was like, oh, she's walking back to her van because she's got another package. And she just came back with the next package and just gingerly laid the package on top of the t- awkwardly the on top of the two packages that were now in the middle of the that were now on the sidewalk and not even close to the front door. It's very strange. And I gave her the very like uh um homelessness uh thank you and then I didn't get a response. I think she was listening <laughs> to a podcast. She listened to the Gilbert Godfrey hour or some bullshit. <laughs> I love cause that shit like takes way more effort. Yeah to it took you the time to balance the thing just pick them up and put them on the step you don't even have to if you are so concerned about the four inch step don't take it just put the packages on the step you don't want to use yeah holy shit i uh well that was a that was a dad talk that was a side truck talking about packages speaking of dad talk or actually can we talk about daylight savings time real quick? Yeah, this is dad. Sure. Time. Can we be done? Can we be done? I have been so fucking tired for the last two days. And I personally, I'm not trying to give myself any excuses. I should be tired. We have a newborn. Mm-hmm. But there's we don't have to be because our um, Dell like, sleeps really well. She eats really yeah. well. She's good on a schedule. So like it's amazing, but then daylight savings times hit, and now like we're out the I got dogs. They're all on a schedule that wake up with the like the the solar system how Earth mm-hmm. rotates, and yeah. I just uh, have been exhausted the last two days. But this morning, my dog Warren, very unusually, I was like, God, this fucking dog is on a schedule. He woke me up, but I heard like the wind whipping out around outside. And something just hit me. I went, oh, shit. So we have a tent out in the back. It's just like a little, like, shade tent we put over a little table because it gets so hot here and, like, the direct sunlight. But we also, if you can picture our house, like, there's a gap, but we basically Mm -hmm. back up to the highway to 526. And I was just hearing this wind and... What they've done recently is they're going to expand this highway into another lane. So they completely cleared out like all these trees and stuff they planted okay. a long time ago for a windbreak. As a bar- yeah, yeah. As a sure. barricade. Or as a noise noise, wind, whatever. So this fucking tent was just flapping on a string, about to fly hit, hit that highway. 8 a.m. Oh. traffic. Oh my oh. god! It's no, like it wasn't eight a.m. Mossman descends. It was just almost like seven in the morning, listening to Stern on your serious <laughs> radio. Then <laughs> this fucking nightshade. It would have been. It would have been. I and the odds of it happening are crazy. But of course, like in my mind, you go out there and you're just yeah. like. I can see the headlights behind of like these cars, yeah. you know, they're going 65 miles an hour. 
and this tent is just one measly Walmart made tent stake away from just taking yeah. a wrong turn. Oh my god. But of course I Oh no. Yeah. We I've been there too because our we're kind of towards the end of the block where we live. Mm-hmm. So our neighbors have fences and the people behind us have all these trees and like their property sits up next to like a creek and forest. So we're like right on the edge. So right next to us is just like a little townhouse complex. Okay. So there's really nothing. And then it's a busy intersection, like crazy busy. Okay. And it's the same thing. Like Harvey has one of those, like it's made out of that tent material, but it's a, it's a tube, like oh, a sure. crawling tube. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that that's out there all the time. And then we have a water table, like sandbox combo that has an umbrella uh, that just sits mm-hmm. in a hole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like you're sitting inside and you're like, dang, that wind is. And you, I just look out the window and it's like, this umbrella is just flying for this this busy street. Oh, God. And I was like, that's going to go through a windshield. What's the. Or that blue tube is just going to like weasel its way. Oh, that terrifies me. That terrifies me. That would be. Yeah, it's a big tent. There's not there's well, not a lot would... to it. It's just a lot of fabric. So it just sure. it, it would could... cover my entire Kia. Like it would just yeah, be... like what you say, it would cover the entire front of an automobile. Yeah. Oh God. Anyways, I was out there doing that this morning, but God, I'm fucking tired. Daylight. It doesn't need to exist, correct? No. It doesn't. It's not a I thing. It's a construct, so. right? Right. Maybe it's... it's meant for. It has to do with with farming. And like the structure of society, so these people have more time in a day. I think it has to do with so you could keep your kids home longer to do fucking farmers before right. they were supposed to go off to school. That is right, because I've heard because parts yeah. of the planet like Australia doesn't do daylight saving. Like there are parts of the world that just so nah, no, yeah, because it's it is a no. It's like a non, like as arbitrary as time is. We have a natural sense of right. day and night, and depending on where you are, that's all you need. It but- does have the feel of like a barbaric tradition. It's like, we must offer the time to the sun so that we may have verdant green for the to feed our family. You know, like, feels yeah. very like, did someone find an old scroll somewhere that just kind of red rang a little bit true? It's agrarian for sure, now that you mention it. Yeah. But my ass, I, like I said a couple weeks ago, I can't, you know, I can't sprout a tomato for the life of me. Just give me an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, no. I, I spent the last, last week, because it finally got warm, snow melted, and then Dad got to see the stuff Dad should have done oh, no. in the fall, which was rake the fucking leaves. Oh, yeah. Got some rock. But our landlord was like, no, nah, no, nah, just leave the leaves. I'm going to come. I'm going to mow. Mm-hmm. And they'll mow those leaves up, and it'll just be mulch. Yeah. So I was like, cool, I'll just leave it. And I was like, I don't want to fucking rake. Of course. I'll wait for this guy to come mow. Never came to mow. <laughs> so now that it's, like, getting warm, it's like, we're the one house that it's just, it's like, why don't you just park your car in the front yard? It's just <laughs> shabby looking. Yeah, I know. And then our leaves are blowing into other people's yards, so then they have to rake the leaves I did not rake to begin with. <laughs> I had the best, so we live in a very manicured neighborhood, cul-de-sac. We're on the end of it. We're like, 
we're in prime spot. Like if you own a family and you want to be in like a development, we're at like the end of a cul-de-sac because it's very mm-hmm. safe. Like if you want to, if yeah. you're a marauder, you need to weave, weave your way yeah, in and then there's maze, only yeah. one way back out. So it's very nice. And um, to their credit, our neighbors keep everything extremely manicured. Oh, it's fucking time. It's bonkers to me. But um, so I try and keep up, you know, like. I do like keeping things clean, like a plant in the garden, but like last year, but I'm also an idiot because I didn't grow, because I ultimately, I just want to keep it together. I don't want to win lawn of the year, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I also don't know that much about how machines work and this and that. And <laughs> like, I just have old equipment and stuff that's like hand me down or that I bought and I bought the cheapest one because fuck that buying you know, spending all this mm-hmm. money to what mow my lawn? It's just gonna grow back. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I put an attachment in wrong uh, in the mower because so you can bag it or you can keep the bag off for mulch. Oh right? yeah, just have it. But if you keep the bag off, there's like basically a plug to put mm-hmm. in it so it doesn't shoot shit back at you. Say so you actually hit right, it. right, right. It so kind of distributes it underneath it. the machine. Yes, but if you keep that on and put the bag on it basically it's like it has nowhere to go so it just shoots it out the sides so mm-hmm. we had this tree and i was like ah, i gotta get rid of these leaves i'm just gonna mow them and so but i didn't like adjust those yeah. attachments or anything so i just mowed over a fuck ton of leaves and they blew them all onto my neighbor's <laughs> porch and he has a porch <laughs> broom and it was Ooh, so perfect shit, i went broom? out I went out an hour later because I heard him with, yeah, but not only that, at the same time that was happening, cars were arriving to his house because it was their kid's first birthday. So they were putting putting balloons and shit up. He was fucking this Here board. you had basically fucking dumped your trash on his fucking stoop. Because that's the thing, too. You can, birthday. You can blow off the stoop, but also, like, they keep a very, like, raked clean lawn. Like, he didn't have time to go rake because I just, sh- I just shit sprayed all over the front yeah. of his house. Uh, not intentionally. And then I had the, I was like, what do you do at that moment? Like, they've got company arriving. Like, am I just supposed to go over there and go, dip, 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 ah, you know, like, so I was just, so I just did the Want me to sweep your porch? <laughs> yeah, right. At no, that I point, want you to never come over again. Just, I don't want to see you. I don't want to interact with you. Uh, you're supposed to rake your leaves, not just crunch not just them over with a blade. <laughs> just pulverize them into a finer, annoying dust it, that is still under in my, my door. It's under my eaves now. I love that you met him. You're like, oh, you like raking leaves? I'm going to make unrakeable leaves <laughs> yeah. by making them smaller and shoot them into your yard. It's healthy for him. Sweep your front yard like a civilized human. It's a mulch. No, oh, we've been uh, redoing our back patio, mm-hmm. which is, is now it was awesome. Like Ashley spent like two months finding all this cool outdoor rugs and shelves and then we were going to thrift stores and getting like little mugs and tchotchkes and wicker containers for stuff and it looks awesome but we have this fucking uh bird problem okay that i i was hip to it by mitch like one of the first times mitch came over to hang out 
we were all on the back porch hanging out, watching Harvey play, just in the middle of a conversation. Then these birds are like flitting around, flying up to the roof. And then the way our back patio is, um, it has like a corrugated roof because the the back patio was added on way later. Okay. So there's these little that, like yeah. corrugated ruts sure. where the roof meets the roof of the house. I know where you're going. Okay. So birds go in, birds go mm-hmm. out, and we're in the middle of a conversation, and this bird flies in, and Mitch just goes, you stupid motherfuckers. I was like, what? He's like, you need to, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about those birds, you need to kill those fucking birds right now. Of course like, he said that. Let's see okay. where. Okay. All right, that's intense. And we're like, yeah, well, the birds are out here. We let like we'd noticed chickadees. Like we get chickadees and mm-hmm. cardinals and robins, sometimes blue jays. So it's like, oh, is it a chickadee? And he was like, no, it's a motherfucking English sparrow. Those okay. things are fucking vermin. You should kill them. Kill them all. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is aggressive. And he was like, no, I when I lived in this house. He was like, we also had a back patio off of their second floor, so a porch. They had like a back porch. Yeah. And he's like, we had all these amazing birds. And then these birds moved in because they're, they're an invasive species from England. Okay. Like in the classic sense of all invasive species, like the fucking rich English settlers in Ohio were like, my favorite thing to shoot is a sparrow. You don't have enough sparrows. Here, bring us sparrows. Of course, they're shooting and they're the hunting the- sparrows. Yeah. Fucking, I know it's the most British thing. These birds are the most fucking shitbaggy birds. Uh, they kill other birds. Like they'll fly into a nest and fucking knock that knock eggs the eggs out, out. Yeah, and take the nest. They're really fucking loud. They shit on everything and everywhere, and they just are in constantly in these ruts. In out, in out, in out, in out, in out, and then they drove out all the other birds. So you got so we were like, yeah, I was like, okay, Mitch, you see what you're doing now. I see what you're saying. Now this is our second summer. Ash and I were like, fuck this. Cause we got a projector and a projector screen and then sit on the projector screen and shit on it. So we're like, fuck these things. We're done. And Mitch had said what he had done to get rid of them was like, he just took like that aluminum shit. You cook turkeys in like a pan and just crammed them in every nook and cranny. And he's like, that's what it took, because I tried so many other things, and they just didn't have a place to go or find a way to get in. So I ordered this, like, fucking eight feet of steel wool mm-hmm. on Amazon, straight from fucking China, comes with gloves, <laughs> its own shears, like, it's the most toxic Ugh. shit. Like, it's like what a Mad Max villain would wear. So I like cut it and I get it all situated and fill every one of these holes and I was like, this ought to do it. Fuck you, birds. Fuck you. Uh, not but like two hours later we go out and a bird like because the steel wool is wearing fuck armor. Like yeah, and no, it, it made a nest out of it. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, this amazing Judge Dread sparrow. So and that and then it was just like I was like, I don't know what we're gonna do, Ash. What we're doing? I was like, fuck it. When we go to Target, white duct tape. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so I spent one afternoon just putting strips of white duct tape to keep it in place. So it looks like shit, but it's the nicest version of looking like shit you can have. Because we ordered these like anti-bird like lights. They put them in like fruit trees to keep birds. Yeah, away. I can. Yeah. So they like, look. It's fucking cheese ball city because it looks like icicles. Uh huh. 
these like cascading icicles. So we have these hung around all the points around our house and they're just twirling and glittering in the light. The birches sit on them. <laughs> yeah. like, so, so, so it just, we're like, fuck it, whatever. There's so, yeah, these, uh, constant uh, combat. There's, uh, out where I work, there's a ton of deer out there and there's deer seasons. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful because you drive, you're going 60 miles an hour, deer jumps out. Oh, sure. Here. Yeah. And uh, somebody was telling me, they're like, well, you need to get, there's like a special little whistle thing you put on the outside of your car. And when the wind hit it, it emits like a pitch that the deer don't yeah. like. And I was like, oh, well, that's a good idea. Because that freaks they you out like when you're it. driving. They love it. Well, that's what they said. They're like, somebody was like, oh, no, 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 don't like, I never bought it. But I was like, yeah, I'm going to get Make one of those. Like, they're like, oh, don't, don't. It just attracts them. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what you wanted to do oh it's supposed to keep them away they just get i mean get them real close so you can see them Ugh. i do have the opposite problem of your english sparrow problem though and it's really cool and it takes it 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 takes all of me oh not to let the old south dakota hilljack out because when i'm out working there's two hawks now that have become incredibly comfortable so I'll be yeah. out there, and they'll perch, and I can get within like six, four, six wow. feet of them. And it just kind of sits and chills, and I'm like, man, if I take a lunge, I might be able to grab one of these get wings. Get a hawk. Get a hawk. Delano, happy birthday. I get he got a hawk. <laughs> I mean, they are cool. Hawks are fucking cool. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. Um, these are like a little smaller, so it's just, just right for me. Just I just might, I need to like. Kind of put like a Get one a little of those little eye hats on a string and just land it <laughs> yeah. just right. Just cover those eyeballs and snag it. Could do like my grandfather and my father did when there was a squirrel in our basement. Oh boy! Just make a noose on a fishing line and try like lasso it. <laughs> just put a weight on it. <laughs> oh man, that's odd. Like we do have because we live so. I told you the properties behind us live on this creek, so it's a really wooded area. So we do get a lot of hawks. And lots of crows. Ooh, pet crows. Which is funny when Harvey's out playing. Like, she'll be out in the yard playing, and then all of a sudden she, like, stops and looks up, and it's always when there's a hawk there. So it's like, she's got something in her caveman brain. (laughs) Like, fear the skies. That's interesting. That's great. Totally. Like, we'll be playing, and then I'll, like, go do something, look back, and she's just standing, like, gazing up at the sky. And I was like, what are you? Oh, always. Always a hawk. What has Ruby said? The talk about that sixth sense. Ruby said this twice when she's come out of her room in the morning, yesterday and today. She came out and she just said, what did she say? She said something like, she did something. And I was like, who? She did. I'm done. We're done with this conversation. Do you want to take a quiz? I do. I have a mini segment okay. that has to do with a slight bit of entertainment news, comedy news. Okay, that'll be a good transition into this. Which piqued my interest. And it also fits in with our stories about birds. Well, then we gotta okay. do it. So, I don't know if you saw this. It came out seven days ago, and I thought it, because it was one morning where Harvey got up so early. And I was just, uh, like, you know, when you're just looking at the news to look at something. Just to absorb. Just desperately, yep. like, 100%. waiting for the coffee to, like, do anything. Mm-hmm. Sitting there looking, and I was like, what the fuck? I thought I was dreaming that I read this. 
there's a new project coming out. It's going to be a feature film. It is going to be written. This is the writing combo. John Cleese. Okay. Which I'm like, dope, amazing. Guess who's in the writer's room with old JC? Rob Schneider. Yeah. Wow. I hear he's a good hang. That's, I, I'm not oh, no, that's what I thought too, but I told Ash that. I was like, what a fucking odd couple combo of like one of the dudes that's on my like Mount Rushmore of like heroes and comedy heroes for sure. And then Rob Schneider, who I like, I just was like, I wonder how these two got hooked up. I think, you know how, what I think? I think there's something, and I bet you have more on it. I just heard John Cleese, I guess this was a while ago, but I think I listened to a back episode. He was on Conan O'Brien's podcast. Oh no, I haven't listened to that and one And he actually has quite a, at least in, in conversationally, quite a tempered sense of humor, meaning... Mm-hmm. Like his work with Monty Python and independent work and Faulty Towers is so like for Monty Python, I'll say like existential and eccentric Mm -hmm. and just so groundbreaking. But when he was talking to Conan, he was giving like the very like just fun, like easy jokes, like jabs and jibes. Like it was a very like casual humor and it was perfect. And I think uh, it was quite frankly to use the overused sentiment it was very dad humorous okay it was very much this and i was like i think i've heard schneider on like norm's podcast and it's very much the same so i think it's just a couple guys who like have guys couple funny guys that uh that have that no longer like it's not young schneider and young cleese who would slit each other's throats over what type of shoes this character would wear because this comedy is going to change the world. So there's two old guys that are kind of maybe thrown together. They've had very similar experiences. They both got kids. They've both been married. Mm-hmm. They've both been in the spotlight. Have both been out of the spotlight. Both played racist characters in more than a few Adam Sandler movies. It, it, yes, exactly. Exactly. All right. Sorry. I, 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 I uh, got it on your... So, and then I was like, that's an odd combo. And then I saw what they were working on. And I was like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be fucking dope. So I won't give you the name of the project. I'll just read a small premise and then we can go through like what it's about. It's a historical piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story that they're going to cover started just after World War One ended. Oh, I love it. Australian soldiers returned home from war to resume their normal lives. But most of the infantry soldiers in Australia were all poor people. Sure. So you got all these farmers, shepherds, like salt, you know, salt of the earth, men of the earth guys coming home after this war. And there's not really anything for them. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, They returned home. uh, They were offered land. It's called the soldier settlement scheme. So all these soldiers were offered land, but they were offered, sh- it's like shitty land. It's like a shitty GI Bill kind of like situation. Like allocated lands, they were in a in an area called Perth. Mm-hmm. It says the mm-hmm. lands were barely usable, uh, so needless to say, the veterans weren't happy. So they just put them in the outback, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. So these guys just fought the war to end all wars, come home, thank you for That's your so service. crazy, yeah. Go fucking pound bricks, hump a couple boxes, here's a bunch of dirt. 
But to make matters worse, the Great Depression had hit in 1929, which triggered a drastic downfall of wheat prices. So not only if you had serviceable land, nobody's going to buy anything. Shit, you can grow. Uh, so the you know the government starts giving out aid packages and prompt making all these promises, and so it's just getting worse. These soldiers are fucking flipping out. They're going nuts. Great Depression and land shit. And just when you thought it, just when the veterans thought the situation couldn't get any worse, they were proven wrong, thanks to a particular wild beast, the Bingo. emu. Uh, okay. So the movie they're making is called The Great Emu Wars. Hmm. Okay. So for a backstory, if you for those who don't know what an emu is, emus are big, flightless birds, primarily found in Australia. They have heights of about seven and a half feet. Emus are the second largest living bird. They have very long necks, long legs, and short wings. It's like an ostrich, so right? Flightless dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. I think ostrich is the bigger one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, it's like a, a ostrich junior. We had neighbors so, that raised ostriches when growing up. They'd always, like, for Christmas, we'd always get, like, a satchel full of, like, ostrich meat. Ostrich like Yeah. That's fucking weird. I think they make, they make decent uh, baseball gloves, actually. Ostrich leather? They make use ostrich leather, yeah, to do baseball gloves, I think. Does an ostrich... So, ostrich skin. I, mean, thick, I, I don't eat I meat anymore, but I mean, it just tasted like, like a turkey burger, I suppose. Like, yeah. I suppose it's just like raising turkeys, just raise a big old ostrich. Big old ostrich? You get more meat? Probably not that great of me. It's a fucking farm full of monsters that you <laughs> slaughter. Monstrous, monstrous birds. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. So, so the emus up until 1922 were protected as a native species in Australia. But in, you know, all of these farmers leave in the 20s, you know, to go to war, like, or coming back from war, they, these birds were left untended. So the emus started to wreak havoc on crops. Uh, they came in huge numbers and ate all the standing crops down to stubs. Uh, they ravaged, ravaged crops, destroying the livelihoods of most rural Australians. And then by late 1932, around 20,000 emu. So this is like, Holy these are six shit. foot tall birds. Yeah. This is the entire population of our, of our hometown. Just <laughs> shambling around like a pack of fucking zombies, just eating oh everything in sight. Yeah. So they had consumed everything they could do and they started to migrate to the like newer farmlands that were had all the new cultivation like all the like the breadbasket of australia basically mm -hmm. uh so you <laughs> you have this fucking clear and present danger descending on the food you need uh so this is a perfect time to use all these vets since most of the farmers were ex-military uh, they started okay. what was called the great emu wars uh, so, and this is the best <laughs> site I'm looking at. Like, you know this because you're a history nerd. When you go to the a Wikipedia, it has the box score sort of thing where it mm -hmm. says the war who is in it. So this is the, e it says Emu War, part of the Great Depression. The year 1932, location Campton, West Australia. I'll save the result, but it has belligerence, Commonwealth of Australia, and then Emus. Commanders, Major Meredith. Commander, none. Emus. <laughs> Strength, <laughs> two machine guns. Strength, 20,000 birds. Holy Casualties shit. and losses, 10,000 rounds of ammo, 
and then we'll get into the, the losses oh, on boy. the emu side. So the war was undertaken by Major uh, G.P.W. Meredith of the 7th Heavy uh, Battery of Royal Australian Artillery, armed with 10,000 rounds of ammunition and two Lewis guns, which are like those badass machine guns like on the planes with the the Tommy gun circle on it. Absolutely, yeah. So you got these dudes headed in. They're like, this is going to be a fucking chicken. It's fish in a barrel. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, So they... The troops roll up with these machine guns, and they're like, we're just got to kill as many of these as we can. Uh, they start firing. The emus break pack and just scatter. Yeah. And because the weather was so shitty, the machine gun, like, jams. Oh, boy. So by the time they're able to get the machine gun back, they've only killed 10 to 12 emu, and the rest are, like, off for parts unknown. So then the story goes to the news, and the news is like, you fucking bunch of fucking idiots. Boobs. Oh a God. bunch of emus got the best of you. So they're like, the general's like, fuck you, I ain't getting taken by no goddamn emu. Uh, a second military attempt to call the emus numbers was made on November 3rd, 1932. While this assault provided better results, they killed more emus this time. It was still far from a success operation from a logistical standpoint. Reportedly, it took no less than 10 bullets to bring down one emu. From a fucking machine gun. From like, a machine gun. What was the gun. caliber of those I had? <laughs> I know, Holy right? shit. Uh, so the government decided it wasn't worth it. Thus ended the Great Emu Wars, and the emus won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say they did. They came over on the same boat the Germans did and settled in South Dakota. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that emus won? the war the way modern armies win war they just won the fucking people in the paper over they're what? like the fucking north vietnamese they just ground them down and they went ah we give up guerrilla warfare yeah so the john cleese rob schneider working on the great emu wars that's pretty great i think maybe they might have done a dollop on it too i'm not sure i think yeah did they i think they did because uh, when I read it, I was like, I think that was one of the Australian tours. It sounds it would have to be right. That's amazing. I had a vague recollection of some of the details, so I just had to look it up again to nail it down. So yeah, very Cleesian though, like yeah, oh, inept good. military, like these austere Australian soldiers, and <laughs> just a bunch of fucking giant birds. Does Rob Schneider bring in some of the the Sandler pack? Rob Schneider is the emu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'd love to see me a fucking Adam Sandler as just like a the machine gun guy. <laughs> afraid of I loaded the bullets. Fucking A. Oh, that's that's great. I'm ex- I'm I'll watch it. I I'll totally watch it. would. Speaking of uh crazy um, feature films, mashups, feature films, actors, the industry. Uh, you still on a Nicolas Cage kick? I'm ready for it. Always. All right. So Always. for those of you listening, you can go back to the last episode just before this and and listen to Casey uh, and Ash's new game. Uh, is it a cage or is it all the rage? And this just kind of throws in a little bit that game. You you get a movie synopsis. Well, you go. You should all go back and listen to it. But it's a movie synopsis. Is it a insane Nick Cage movie that's actually happening? 
or is it an insane movie that was made up that Nick Cage probably should do? That should uh, happen. Yes. Um, this is more. This is more to the core of the real fella. This is real life. Yeah. And so the name of this game is "You Can't Cage the Seagull Lable." <laughs> All right. So basically, the premise is this. Um, I'm just going to give you a real quote, not a quote from a movie, but this is a quote that either the actor Nicolas Cage has said in an interview or passing or in the world, Steven Seagal has said, or neither of them has said. So it might be made up or it might be from sources unknown. So uh, Cage, Seagal, or none of the above. Yeah, you can say the quote was caged, saged, Seagal the sage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or it was staged by staged, me. Nice. <laughs> Cage, staged, or staged. All right. Uh, I better get rid of the old... I better put the old face down. <laughs> put, the, um, put up the Dungeon Master screen. How about we start with this? I'll have to knock these out. How about uh, just so I don't double them up? Because I, I hope I mix them up. Otherwise, you'll get a lot of cigars in a row. How about I have no fear of death. More important, I don't fear life. Oh, that's a good one. That's a bad tattoo. <laughs> yeah. God damn, what font would you throw in that one? Uh, well, it Times wouldn't New be, Roman? wouldn't be Cooper. Yeah, maybe American <laughs> typewriter. Copperplate bold. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of life. Was that Confucius? Is that an answer? <laughs> it might. Casey, God damn it. you might not be too far off on some of these. <laughs> I'm going to go Sage. Steven Sage Gall? You yeah, Steven Sage Gall. are in good company because you got a ding, baby. All right. There might be a... There you, uh, Steven Seagal. I got to figure out the sages tell mm-hmm. if it smacks of like... Eastern mysticism. Yeah, yeah, I was worried about that. I'll put a mixed you know. with a fucking honky from Alabama. Right. So you know, um, uh, how about don't come round my house unless you want my roundhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that needs to be on a Jersey Shore T-shirt. <laughs> Florabama Shores. Oh man, I'm gonna go. Uh, staged. Oh, all right. You're you're you got a good start. You got a good start. All That's right. an H face original, which means it's trademark. It's a good one though. Which means it's he a can good go on a shirt. Though. That's <laughs> roundhouse. <laughs> um. All right. Every great story seems to begin with a snake. That sounds creepy. I'm gonna go cage. You are you are caging the Seagal here. Nicely done. I don't know the context of that. I wish I could give you context <laughs> of some of these. Um, he was talking. Well, it's funny that we were we did that whole Nick Cage thing. His ears must have been burning. Put a little fire under his butt. He got married. Did he really? Again, he did. And he took a carriage ride in New York City with his new wife and. What? He looked like Madame Blavatsky, like a blanket over his lap, rings on every <laughs> finger. Say, who takes that's 
just so dumb. That is so well. Good for him. I hope. I hope he. I hope he does well. Uh, how about? Um. Oh, that's good. Uh, how about uh? I fear no man, no be. I fear no man, no beast or evil, brother. Oh man, which one would say brother? Or would neither of them say brother? What was it? I fear no man, no beast. I fear no man, no beast, or evil, brother. <laughs> I gotta go sage. Sage? Yeah. Well, uh, well, it's a version of sage, because that was actually said by Hulk Hogan. What? Okay. I thought the brother, I was like, <laughs> uh, that was... Oh, giggling was like, like a girl a over here. That is a Hulkster. Sorry. Oh, so that love, that's a little... Brother should have warned me immediately. Oh my god. Uh, how about I'm hoping that I can be known as a great writer and actor someday rather than a sex symbol. Oh, that's a goal. <laughs> oh, you damn right it is. No, <laughs> don't even stop to think, my friend. You're crushing this. That much self-confidence yeah. in the dumbest sentence possible. Oh, he's got some dumb ones in here. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I, don't, I was just about to go to... How about in Hollywood... You're either a great martial artist, a bad martial artist, or you're act you're an actor that can't kick or hit or block or drive or jump. I'm going sage. In Hollywood, you're either a great martial artist, a bad martial artist, or you're an actor that can't kick or hit or block or drive or jump. Drive. I love drive was thrown in there. Is that the hook? Is that supposed to make me say cage? I'm going sage. Well, if you if the guy in front of you is a sage, then you're right because that's an H, an H sage, a stage. Oh, that's that's a cage. No, that's that's me. Or I mean, that's a uh, yeah, that uh, not cagey, but staged. That's a stage. Drive the fucking drive. <laughs> I uh, some of these, you know. They kind of flow from you when you're reading some of these. How about, uh, wow. Jeez, that one's so fucking obvious. Uh, uh, I'll be amazed if I'm dead for longer than I'm alive. Oh my god. That's great, because I don't know what it means. <laughs> exactly. Staged? Yep, staged. Nice oh. catch. Boom. Sometimes it's good though. It's so good. I was like, wait, what? I was I was hoping to catch you on a Seagal track there, because I think he genuinely thinks. I don't think I have a quote in here from him, but he did say something like, "Most of the world considers me a reincarnated priest or something stupid." (laughs) Save that one. That's a Floral Roberts (laughs) reincarnated priest. You don't have to be reincarnated to do it, you know? No, but I'm the best one. The best dead ones. Oh, my God. Um, I got the souls of ten reincarnated priests. That's so stupid. In my heart. Uh, How about... um, I think gay marriage is something that should be between a man and a woman. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Oh. Placement is beautiful, so I'm gonna go stage just because for comedic value. 
that's laid perfectly. It, uh, well, it's neither Cage nor Sage nor Stage because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> as governor. <laughs> oh, that was fucking oh, great. Man. Um, uh, how about uh, my mother was a dancer, so I like to use the body as part of the instrument of acting. Ooh. Cage? It's a cage. His mama was a dancer. Didn't know that. I didn't either. What part of... Because isn't Cage like a... Isn't he like a Spielberg or something? Or no, he's Coppola. Coppola. Isn't his last name Coppola? It is, yeah. Nick Coppola. Oh, so he's credited in the first couple movies as that. As a cope? Oh, man, if you get a chance... It's always fun. I'd never seen it. The Valley Girl. Oh yeah, absolutely. So good. Teeth like Boo Radley's fence, though that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, and the, my favorite part about Valley Girl is that because he looks so good as that punk, and then that his buddy is a character actor. I've seen it a ton of shit, and they're just like grimy L.A. punks, and that whole premise is just like ugh. Let's get out of this stuffy party. Let's go listen to some real music. And I don't know if they didn't get the rights to like actual music. Oh. They show up at these clubs. It's like, it's nothing hard about it. It's the softest music you've ever heard. Uh, we were Meg put on or well, we just happened to turn on Clueless came on last night or the night before. Ooh. And they have a big like, um, uh, like rave party and the band is mighty mighty Boston's. Like, oh god so they oh, just got crap. these really really big baggy shouldery suits and hoop scooting and jiving around us like oh my god i've never felt like it was 1995 more than this moment <laughs> beautiful time capsule um what did i uh how about this yeah, just, my mom was a dancer which you is a line you should say in a movie. Oh, absolutely. He should be more. He should do it. Well, it's pretty limber. Um, I'm not a demon. I'm a lizard, a shark, a heat-seeking panther. I want to be Bob Denver on acid playing the accordion. Oh, shut up. This is either cage or stage. I would be surprised if it's fucking Seagal the Sage. I'm gonna go cage. That's hoping. A, that's a Nick Cage for sure. That that's very, as I said. I was like, that's nobody else could say that, but Nick Cage. Much like I think my CIA Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> you pitching me a new a new a movie? <laughs> you didn't finish this one. My, my CIA Godfather told me he'd never heard any American speak Japanese so well. Oh, that is Seagal. <laughs> that's fucking Seagal. That's that's a shirt Seagal should wear to the gym. Oh, that's a shirt. Never heard anyone speak. Like, he's so good at Japanese now. Oh, wow. What a douchebag. That is so perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. My CIA uncle. Um, what a chunk. Um, You might say something like, he's great. I want to be him. But then you find out he hits women and drinks too much. That is no bueno. And I told him so. 
Pence got to be sage. You might say something like, he's great, I want to be him, but then you find out he hits women and drinks too much. That is no bueno, and I told him so. Oh, okay, is he speaking about somebody? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's go. What Seagal say? He just said Japanese, so I don't think he's going to tout his skill at his linguistics in Japanese and Spanish. I'm going to go cage. Oh, it's an H. It's an H. Oh, it's an H. Oh, it's a perfect H. It's so weird. I was trying to get. I was trying. No I thought bueno, maybe you'd man. go bueno for Seagal because he's such an asshole. And then I was thinking, I've got to put third person and first person like because like it just mm-hmm. seemed like something seagal would start like he literally forgot what he's talking about by the time he was on the end of the second sentence so he's like saying some advice and his advice quickly just shifted to an experience he had so he ended with and i told him that to his face and, and my thing was like not that saying no bueno's cool <laughs> but it's too cool for steven seagal Right. And yeah. <laughs> I put dollars to donuts. Steven Seagal is racist against fucking Latin people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he's that much, of, has that much of a hard on for himself for being able to speak Japanese, he ain't got no room in his life for any other tertiary minority. No, no. He's. Yeah, he wears that Japanese like a badge of honor and anything right. else he, can go. He's kind of groovy with the. Japanese World War Two. He's like, that's when Japan was really Japan, man. I I gotta think they're not a huge fighting fan of Seagal in Japan. <laughs> not as much as they he thinks he is. Oh, what I got some because he would be perfect if he wasn't such an asshole. Yeah, I sure. think they would be a bigger fan of his. If he wasn't think an Japan's asshole, Japan's a Chuck Norris country. If he wasn't an asshole and he could look exactly the same way, be out of breath the same way. Have the same mm-hmm. amount. Well, you can't really be an asshole in that level of vanity with that black hair. Yeah. But even keep the hair, he'd be perfect. He fucking borders on. We just. It was a couple weeks ago we finally watched that Dolomite. Oh, Eddie yeah. Murphy movie. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, Seagal is almost that guy. Yeah. The character oh, of Dolomite, but sure. real life. Like, I, that's how he sees himself. He is so. Yeah, he just looks. So I heard somebody say this about some. He just looks reduced. Reduced. He's just a reduced a great, human. <laughs> such a great line. I know he's, he's just, bigger, he but he is reduced. Yeah, you look yeah. reduced. That is trademarked for somebody else. Let me see. Um, it's a good burn. It is cut. that one yeah. cuts. That's it's cuts a cut. Oh, that's 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 the way to describe. No, it. no, no. You just you you just are you seem reduced. You it's look just reduced. you're out of essence. <laughs> I mean, uh, here we go. I mean, if a female Dalai Lama comes, then she must be very attractive. Otherwise, not much use. Uh, Seagal. Or Hansi. I'm going go with Seagal. That was said by the fucking Dalai Lama. What? <laughs> yeah, that's a Dalai. Whoa. So the, the Dalai Lama the... is like, if I'm coming back as a woman... You better believe I'm fucking going to be hot. That wasn't the Sigali Lama. That was Sigali the Lama. Dalai Lama. <laughs> if there wasn't enough S- Steven Seagal related podcasts and anything, Sigali Lama? <laughs> Trademark it. Right. 
Oh, this, that's well, you know, you bring him on with the Bethlehemer. That's his, oh, that's his Eastern that be... influence villain, the Sagali Lama. Yep. Holy yep. shit. Breaks Holy him shit. of his Buddhism. Then that's you get your celebrity cameo for one of your maybe your maybe your WrestleMania pay-per-view or one of your smaller ones, just a little sizzle. Sagali Lama. Um, but he doesn't get to admit he's Steven Seagal. No. You gotta play no, he's gotta commit Lama. to the Sagali Lama. And then you gotta give him the third eye. Yes, the third eye gouge. Uh, but he'll block it and break your finger over his over his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the daintiest finger, most savage finger break. Oh, I love it. There is something so visceral about my childhood and how much oh. my dad loved seeing Steven Seagal break an arm. I loved it too, but oh yeah, that guy would race home from work to see a Seagal arm break. That was one of the best like most steeped jp tangents <laughs> that we got on that we never were able to fully figure out how to mine it how much dad but it has Steven stuck Seagal? with me is just no because we made the joke of like all dads yeah so it's like the beatles Beatle except it's middle-aged men and uh members only jackets oh, shrieking so for steven seagal and all his goons and foot soldiers were people's dads giving up their weekends to fix Steven Seagal's car. Just men throwing their fucking briefs on stage. BVDs. Oh, God. <laughs> A couple jock straps, even. That's, you get the you get the fans you deserve, I'm afraid. A couple uh, threadbare basketball shorts. Oh, yeah. I think that was a Boston Red Sox basketball short. I feel like maybe he'd get a few, like, car chamois on stage. <laughs> That's my good chamois, Steve. <laughs> I love you. Oh, man. I soaked up my tears. Oh, God, yeah. Just that shrill, those, those shaking women that are, like, on the verge of passing out from fucking sheer ecstasy and fucking oh like just but it's like it's one of us it's a dad that's just like <laughs> i gotta tell okay. you though you go back to like now anything steven seagal's made in the last since under siege 2 has been so yeah. unspeakably dog shit but go back and yeah. watch what is it hard to kill that shit that shit burns baby that shit's good there's that one no, where um uh, who, uh, oh, what's his name? He's in Shawshank Redemption. Um, Fish Fish. He's a great actor. Oh, um, uh, William Sadler. Yeah, he plays a, a dirty senator as, yes. as the bad guy. And the end when Steven Seagal finally basically hunts him down in like, or a governor or something, hunts him down in the governor's mansion. He's hiding in a closet. Uh, First of all, it's like the perfect 90s, early 90s, like he's like thinks like he's not worried about Seagal because he's got guards. So he's chilling with some babes in a hot tub. And then he hears like the fortress has been breached. So he gets out of the hot tub and puts a white robe on. He's like, get out of here, babes. And then he cowers in a closet like next to his gold shoes. And Steven Seagal's got a sawed off shotgun and he knows he's in the closet. Right. But you can't see him. He's hiding. And Seagal just takes his shotgun and yeah. Jabs it blindly into the closet, and then as he pulls right. it out, he's got Sattler's mouth around the shotgun, 
which is like oh, <laughs> it's so yes. good. Is that the one with Kelly LeBrock? No, that's hard to kill. Hard to kill is the one. Okay, that's the one where like his family gets fucking slaughtered because yes, in the first five minutes. Yeah, of the movie. yeah, and he oh yeah, and he gets like brain damage. No, he's not brain damaged, but he's in a coma, and Kelly LeBrock like feeds him, you know. Applesauce yeah. and hides him in her, his grandpa's Because that shed. would have had that scene that we cheesed out on because so it's such a great cut. It's such a comedy cut. That's oh, perfect. Yeah, that it's the going. best. So he's like finally out of the hospital on the mend. Like he's trained. Like he's going to get revenge. And finally he's showing his affections to Kelly LeBrock and she gets close to him. And he goes down and he takes a big old handful. Takes a hunk of buns. A hunk of buns, which is you're like, okay, that's yeah, if you want to show right. your am- a kiss, like your yeah. amorous She's man, in, yeah, you get a sure. get it's a going, honk on the old cheeks. Uh, they cut to her shoes. <laughs> And she goes out. She's wearing pumps and her heels raise out of the pumps as if she's on like a power lift. (laughs) Oh, it's the Bonds hug. So what they're trying to tell you is that not only did Steven Seagal cop a feel, he grabbed her by the fucking gluteus maximus and lifted her (laughs) out of her shoes. The only thing that was missing was a slide whistle. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and then fucking yakety sacks as she oh, chases him god so good i love that yeah that was i remember i don't know what we were maybe we were something we were on a special heightened maybe we were just in comedy mode like we've been writing all night because i remember yeah. what, like just being lasered in on this movie and we got hard to kill we got so many ideas and just cheesing out all night it no it's like when you you you're on and we were working and we're like cool let's take a break we've earned a break something fun and we had our hollywood video card so we're like and we had been on that jag of like bad movies so we were on steven seagal and you're right that for whatever reason that time and where we were like drinking bud lights and like i remember like my brain was on comedy fire yeah yeah it was just like i was like i couldn't write fast enough to capture the fucking everything absurdity of everything that was happening. Uh, that movie is, makes me want to watch it right now. Sagali Lama right there. The That's the power Lama. of the Sagali Lama. Speaking of the Sagali Lama, what does it take to change the essence of a man? Ooh. Damn. I'm going to go cage. That's the Sagali Lama, baby. Sagali Lama. I That's hit you right off the bat. Sigali. Right, right. you third eye gouged gotcha. me with that one, Sagali. Um, How do you change the essence of a man? You cannot go to a Seven Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent, and I'm not joking. <laughs> uh, this was said by someone. I'm gonna go staged. It is staged, but it was said by someone. Do you know who? At bonus points. God no, because you that the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, yeah. Oh God, who is this? Who could this be? Chuck Norris? Uh no, it's the President of the United States, Joe Biden. <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, oh God! Wow, fucking idiot! Oh, you know who? You know what's on repeat on that VHS yeah. machine? They, oh, are his, you what, kidding he made his wife me? bring down? Nothing but Sagali Lama. That's why I think 
I did, I don't know if you watched, but Joe Biden gave his first like address from the White House after uh, to mark mm-hmm. the one year anniversary of when this pandemic started. And I was like, what's going on? He just had a big old old man gash across his nose. Did you see that? No. And I was like, on. maybe he was working out on the old block sticks or whatever the fuck that <laughs> right, thing yeah, is. The fucking, yeah, the <laughs> Bruce Lee sticks. Um, oh, did you hear about, now that we're on Joe Biden, we do the aside. Yeah. Motherfucker got shitty dogs. Do you hear about that? Got a bite. He dog Had bit a secret his dog's service home. guy. I've seen that. I don't I don't trust German and shepherds. I know. They're beautiful dogs, but they're yeah. also can be monsters. They're they're animals. And it's how they're tr- I don't know. I just didn't trust that one. There's certain German shepherds that have an extra long snout. Ooh. This one had a big long for getting under that door to bite your fucking legs off. Can you imagine? I mean, maybe that secret <laughs> they'll just look at the footage and the secret service man just fucking hit the dog. Can you imagine <laughs> hitting the president's dog? Holy shit. Uh no, but it sounds like and they 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 put that dog out into exile quicker than Oh yeah. Did you see though? I don't know if it was like OAN or Newsmax like they tried to get his press secretary Jen Saki. They tried to get her on like I don't they're trying to stick anything they can to Joe Biden. They're like, mm-hmm. "So, uh are you going to euthanize this dog?" It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like wrestling villains. Yeah. They're pushing, they're like, so we need to kill that dumb dog. Oh, my God. Drew human blood. Got to put it down, you know. Oh, man, that dog had it good, too. Now it's out on a farm. and Maybe it just didn't want to be around. Now it's on a farm in Delaware. It's it's happy. I mean, yeah, exactly. Who lost on this deal? Right. He's like, I'll bite this fucker so I can get the fuck out of here. It's just Major is, I think it's the dog Major. He's just another string of shitty, entitled White House residents. Yeah. You know how many Secret Service people? Watch the movie with Sinbad. Secret Service (laughs) people, they always take a bad rap. Always got the, I don't know if it was Zachary Taylor Bryan or whoever the fuck the shitty kid was. (laughs) President's kid. Trademark. <laughs> My uncle's the president. I want a skateboard in here. <laughs> president nephew. Bernie uh, Mac. Oh, you're the God. crotchety Secret Service man. And never get old, though. You know. I mean, you ever? I don't think we've ever talked about it, but that movie, The Toy, sure is controversial in retrospect. It is an unsettling. Oh, yeah. Everything Great about movie, it is unsettling. Though. I oh, loved that movie as a kid. So did I. It was on Jackie Encore. Gleason is the horny dad. Fucking Richard Pryor's amazing as like the fucking. I'll do what I gotta do. I don't want to be here. He's, feed my kids. He works in like a toy store, right? He's like yes, he, toys. Yeah. He's like wow. a manager of a toy store or something. So good. I don't want a toy. I want that one. That's fucked. Up. And by that I mean a little white kid <laughs> doesn't want a toy in a store. He wants to buy the black guy. To come to his house because he's really fun. Ugh. So then Jackie Gleason, who's like a fantastic Jackie Gleason character, he's like a rich senator or something. They like live on a yeah. plantation. Actually. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he only he's wears like, like I'll that. pay you to be my son's dad. Like it's so weird. It's so weird. But it's awesome because he has really good toys. Yeah, he's got a lot of fun shit. But then, but the good thing is like, like Richard Pryor doesn't like come to love the he. No. Comes to care for the kid, but not before he's like, you're a piece of shit. 
Yeah, like he, he the only reason he, like the kid turns around he's like I'm fucking leaving. You're such a piece of shit that I'm poor and I don't even want your dad's filthy money. And then that kid went on to do pornography. No shit. That's the kid from a Christmas story. Now that I think about it. That's oh, fucking the, Schwartz. The or whiny whatever. one? Yeah. The one who sticks his tongue on the pole? That's Schwartz. And then stuck his tongue on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got, yeah. Uh, so Jackie Gleason didn't say this, but who did? See my <laughs> eyes. See my eyes. Respect them as you'd respect me. Oh, I'm going to go. That's a uh, Hansi. That's a Nick Cage in a drunken rage. Oh, no way. See my eyes. Yeah, somebody was giving him a hard time on the street. There's more to that, but that's my favorite part. The first part was just the first part was, yeah, somebody's busting his chops. And he said something like he basically said, like, get in your car or I'll kill you, bitch. See my eyes. Respect me at them as you'd respect me. I dropped the first bitch part. But um, (laughs) because that would have tilted its swords to golf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does it, I'll I'll give you this one just because you because it's fun. Well, it could be anybody. You tell me. You can say that I lived in Asia for a long time and in Japan. <laughs> I became close to several CIA agents, and you could say that I became an advisor to several CIA agents in the field, and through my friends in the CIA, met many powerful people and did special works and special favors. Wait, where were your friends from again? <laughs> I missed it. I missed that part. Well, Who subordinates. <laughs> were there your godfather? Uh, the Sigali Lama is out of his Sigali Lama, the sheer amount of times he can name drop the country of Japan and the CIA. Do you think he's ever, ever been affiliated with the CIA? <sighs> Some Aikido training? Maybe because there was that, I think we talked about it on podcast before, but when I was in at MCAD, one of our film classes was taught by a guy who was a, like a professional screenwriter. Yeah. Um, And there was like, it was an odd day. Like he was not really feeling being a teacher that day. And the work we were turning in was not up to his a little liking. subpar. Yeah. So he went on like a weird rant about like movies and then movie stars but he did have a little like nugget because he worked on a steven seagal movie and he talked about like he was trying to put fame into perspective because as an abstract it's like tom cruise is famous johnny depp is famous so you're like yeah that's fame brad pitt is famous but what does that mean and he was like so steven seagal and you know everybody chuckled and he just told this story about how like these sultans would just fly Steven Seagal mm, wherever yeah. he wanted, whenever he wanted, just because they wanted to hang out with him. So he was like, use that, take that, take what you will from Steven, so who Steven Seagal is, whether you like him or hate him. He's not really that impressive. So imagine if you're Brad Pitt. Right, digest that. The amount of things you can get or connections you can have or people that are asking you for stuff. Or to do stuff. So I was just like, oh yeah, so basically to answer your question, it's possible because if he knew all these like, right. like the Sultan of Bahrain and like he's going to like Asia, East Asia, some of these Thai, like maybe. Well, like now, why not? 
this stoke his ego and like wear a wire and see what happens. This is true of him that he donated a certain, this is how bullshit, like it kind of wraps us all the way back to like religion and what you can lampoon and what this side of the aisles, like that's disgraceful. But then if you lampoon this religion, they're like, yeah, of course it's foolish. They're fool. You know what I mean? Everybody's got mm-hmm. their, their standards on what's acceptable and what's not. But Steven Seagal donated a bunch of money. Um, Man, basically to, I think it's Buddhism. He donates like he donated like three hundred thousand dollars, and they were like, "So, Mister Seagal, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a third century monk, and we've done some meditation, and it turns out you're him. You're the reincarnated oh, monk. On. This is true. I know this is true. Let me, um, Stephen." Well, then I'm starting a Kickstarter to get myself to be a monk. Reincarnated. Here we go. Here we go. We got to get. One of Tibet's leading spiritual leaders has proclaimed Steven Seagal, the actor and action hero, is a reincarnated Lama and sacred vessel of Tibetan Buddhism, granting the title of Tulku upon Seagal as Pinor Rinpoche, the supreme head of. Well, now I'm just getting names wrong. Inma School of Tibetan Buddhism. So Steven like Seagal's a re- a god, which yeah. well, uh, think of, go ahead, because you uh, you finished that that HBO series The Vow, right? Oh yeah, the documentary. Oh yeah, and it was just there was that scene where they kept trying to rook the Dalai Lama into meeting with Keith and getting oh, a god, picture with yeah. Keith, mm-hmm. and it was just like it was like that suck. I mean, they're savvy because they are illegal and. China, you know what I mean? Right. Like they are a, a group of people that needs money. They need to be sustained, but they're very aware of like what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, oh, three hundred thousand dollars. Can you just, you know, uh, hey, Hansi, can you hit the books and find me a like a lower tier monk? Like, I'm not saying the worst, but like, let's not give him any of our starters. That's like, just kick it to Seagal as a thanks. That's it's I'm like telling him, you, selling him a piece of the moon. It takes us back to Macho Man. Right. And the Dalai Lama, like, sorry, but behind the scenes from what I've seen and going to the vow is like, oh, that's a very those are very politically calculated moves. Now, I do understand that we're talking about a lot of persecution. So I'm there. There's a lot of obviously there's context and complications with everything. But Mm -hmm. uh, the Dalai Lama, I also talked to a a famous chef um, who uh, who used to come into my bar. Fuck, what did he... His name is Eric Repair. Um, oh, yes. I yeah. know him, yeah. And he told... He was like, I. he's a, a practicing Buddhist. From the little bit I had discussion with him sitting in my bar. Um, and he's wealthy and famous. So what did he end right. up doing? He got to cook a meal for the Dalai Lama. And what did he prepare him? Fucking steak and fish and shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean... He's a what, fucking killer French chef. Like, don't cut him off at the knees. Like, let him make you... What he's good at. So there's something to be said there, right? And you yeah. know, like anybody at a certain political or at a certain power is like, yeah, I know. Like, of course, we probably shouldn't eat animals, but I'm the freaking this guy makes a mean steak. I mean, he's the fish guy. I, I gotta have a fillet. I gotta have steak. I gotta have shrimp on my steak. This is all a <laughs> chef repair. So I don't know. There's, there's. I'm not there's, making a habit out of it. That's what I'm saying. But there's degrees for everything. Um, you'll appreciate this one. 
I've been on food stamps and welfare. Anybody help me out? No. Oof. That was said by someone. I feel like this is like a Hulkster. This is a Hulkster sentence. I'm gonna go if you, staged. It's it's staged, but said by someone. You're right. I've been on food stamps and I've been on welfare, but anybody help me out? No. So obviously I picked it because the irony there is yeah. very rich. If you guess this, Casey, I'll buy you your house. <laughs> Who said this? Oh God, who could this be? <laughs> There's no fucking way. Oh, there's no way it's so it's perfectly like obscure like and good and It's and like on the point. fucking Kingfisher. It's like a Huey Long or something. You wish. That was said. You ready? Or you wanna give me uh, give me what you want Kingfish? Yeah. Um that was said by Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> ah, what? <laughs> never would have never guessed coach? No, who would have guessed coach on no that? Who would have gave me nothing? But it was like, so obviously I was looking for like kind of bizarre quotes from, so I'm getting Dalai Lamas, I'm getting Joe Biden. I was like, oh, this is, and I was like, what the fuck could Arnold Schwarzenegger? I was like, how did Craig T. Nelson make the list? (laughs) He's in good company. Yeah. Um, Mr. Incredible, not a fan of the food stamp system, huh? No, I mean, no, he was on food stamps. He was on welfare, but he doesn't consider that nobody helped him. Nobody helped him get where he was. Right, I'm going to give you two or three more. I'll give you three more, all right? Okay. All right, I'll give you three more. I got, I don't know. I believe that cops should practice meditation, and I believe that cops should practice Aikido, but when it comes to the bad guys, aim to kill. That's a goal. That's Hans Gall. Hans, oh no! Uh, you got me. I'm I so confident. You. It's so perfect because he had that. Sh- he's apparently See, a sheriff in Texas or the, something. What I was thinking was like, no, it's like even somewhere better. Speaking of the Kingfisher, I think it was in Louisiana. Oh yeah, oh, of course, of course it was the only state in the union where Steven Seagal can practice law enforcement. Oh, Casey. Oh my God, that reminds me. We were. We had to get Ash a new phone for Ash, so we were driving across the city to all these different T-Mobile stores because Sprint got bought by them. So yeah. we were just trying to find a store that could accommodate us as former Sprint people. We passed this school. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It looked like a, like like a converted strip molly kind of building, and it said like Humanity Arts. And technology, I was like, the fuck is humanities arts? Humanities arts, okay. I was like, humanities arts, humanities arts. And I looked, and it's just a military school. And I was like, what a fucking $10 name for military school. Humanities arts. The art of of breaking (laughs) down humanity. Holy shit. Yeah, they got to figure out. Oh, Casey, that's so perfect. It reminds me, we were watching Meg had it on like, mtv or something right because on sling mm-hmm. we get no yeah. reason to have mtv on but like there's that show with rob deerdeck like ridiculous so if you want to just veg out oh, and watch yeah. and reggie watts was on the episode but because right, it's basically like uh america's funny some videos yeah but, that's like, it internet that, that is what it is but kind of like with a hipster spin like a young cool spin and i forgot mtv also has you know they have a targeted audience still mm-hmm. right 
And yeah. so the best was I called it right away, but I was like, you fucking this is arts humanities here because <laughs> it shows a guy <laughs> in like Humanity boxing arts. gloves and dish, 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 cool music and like a digital background boxes through a wall, uppercuts, you know, a brick. And then it cuts to this woman and she puts her hands on her temples and she throws a laser beam through like a, a building. Oh, fuck. I think I know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. And then the next guy like does like a slam hulk like monster stampede and like the the background breaks around and i just went meg they're th- they're gonna say these are fucking marines and sure enough it wasn't marines but it was go army army strong it's like fuck you're what insane. i saw it's so funny you said that it has to be a new commercial because i i thought i caught part of it at work and my first thought is like what fucking playstation 5 game yeah. is this but then it's like you said, like he does like a fucking macho elbow and then it breaks and then he's in like the mud and like his fellow soldiers are helping him. Yeah, up. It's the, like, is this a fucking army commercial? Gotta get sure him is. anyway. I mean, that is so pandering. It's it's bonkers. Like, I, I mean, you're going to end up. Sorry. How many Brandon Dancy's do you want on the front line? You know? <laughs> yeah. There, at some point, it's like. You're going to need someone just who can lead these people somewhere. Yeah. Can you just recruit people that are like, oh, all right. I, you know, I like the technology and you have a lot of money to offer so I can be at the right. cutting edge. Like, you I don't want like a guy who's like, you telling me I can pile drive a country into another country? You gave me metal boxing gloves with robot fingers? Who's going to train us? The Sigali Lama? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. This gave me. Like, we had that uh, sketch that I always enjoyed and just never really landed, and it was the drill instructor one. Oh, yeah. Where our buddy Justin played a very Arlie Ermey-esque drill instructor Mm -hmm. that broke everybody down except for one of us. He was very aggressively kind and complimentary. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the sketch devolves, and he's like, will you kiss my sister? Will you marry her? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, Sarge. And it turns, it ends up being, the twist is that it's an army commercial. Oh, yeah. Because it was just like, do you want to play video games and eat junk food? And he's like, yes, Sarge, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Let's go. And it was just like, join the army. Uh, uh, it just gave me a funny idea because they do the drone controls now. Their mm-hmm. Xbox and PlayStation controls. Oh, for the because military. For the actual, like, yeah. fire drones they mm-hmm. used to murder people. <laughs> so just imagining, and it's a total JP uh, prop. It's just an actual rifle, but it has a PlayStation controller. So you're just walking around with a rifle in front of you. And the joystick. I wish. Is the butt of the gun. I'm so. Go, 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 go! I'm Whoa. such a throwback on toggle, toggle, toggle on my gaming systems, but like they should, I mean, if they're going to recruit us, give me the Super Nintendo bazooka. Zapper. Need a power glove with a knife in it. Oh, right. Really? Yeah. Zapper. Uh, that's it. Oh my, those zappers. You know how terrifying it would be. How terrifying Just it would a bunch be. Of orange and gray. Because you got orange and gray zappers, so it's not terrifying at first. But the first guy that shoots that. 
and fucking puts a hole in somebody's chest because it's, it's just a magnum. 32. <laughs> but dish. <laughs> you just go, holy shit. And then holy because, fuck. you know, like That's a regular a caliber, a regular sidearm kind of blends in because it's metal. It's something of the earth. It's natural. But you see somebody fucking blow somebody away with what looks like a plastic laser gun but it just shoots metal bullets and then you look at the whole front line and they all have these bright orange and gray guns on their hips just all fucking run (laughs) you fucking nailed it it's all just a bunch of these psychos using toys because i was picturing remember those like scoop cups you would use in gym class like Like the the high ally scoops it's like a high ally scoop yeah (laughs) it's like I pull the pin on a grenade and you have to get a little scoop and you fucking hook it. Oh, God. Oh, they my just God. have toys. They're psychos. That would be like, I'm amazed nobody's like, could you? Because I remember growing up, it's like an army it wasn't a lot, but you'd every once in a while seeing a kid sidearm his, his blaster, sidearm his uh, oh, zapper. Yeah, yeah. Just put her in the old belt. Why not? It's a gun. But like, Hell yeah, you could probably fashion that into an actual zip gun. I think it'd shoot a nine millimeter. Would you put a clip in there? Would you be concerned if you're like at the mall shopping? I guess you should be. If you see an adult walking, your shoulder carries a second zap gun, uh, zapper. Oh my god! Uh, it's more than a lighter. It's a gun. It's I keep forgetting. You just reminded me. Oh, oh yeah. All right. I said I got a couple more. Um, I guess you could say I love Lovitz and I crave Carvey. But seriously, this was a really fun film to make. Stop. That's got to be a fucking hot, hot special. Uh, trapped in Paradise. Thought maybe I'd get you. Like maybe I could find an old. Uh, because they. I don't know if that movie was produced by Encore. But they had specific <laughs> segments in between it. movies where they had interviews and uh, a follow-up. It was their first feature. That was like the proto-Netflix was Encore. They made uh, the Bruce Lee story with Brandon Lee, or not Brandon Lee, or James Lee. Cousin Lee. And then fucking Trapped in Paradise. Yeah, because I saw all those oh. all the time. Oh, what did I send you? Oh, uh the Sagali Lama, did you know that Bruce Lee, there's this hypothesis that he died? I don't know if this was in the Bruce Lee story, but he had his sweat glands removed under his, his underarm sweat glands removed yeah. because the camera would catch like the sweat strange and it looked better. So they're saying that it's possible he yeah. died from heat stroke because fucking... when he was filming these movies, like it happened a couple times before he actually had his embolism or whatever. Where yeah. he would like pass out and like because his body couldn't expel Ugh. his body couldn't cool itself. Of course, like why would you like a backhouse Hong Kong? Like you just attacked your endocrine system. Yeah, now nah, just stick a cork in it. <laughs> I'm sick of sweat. Oh God, that was um. Huh. No, we watched that uh, thirty for thirty they made about Bruce Lee. Oh, I didn't know that. Called Be Water. It's fantastic. But I didn't know, like, Bruce Lee was f- famous. His family was famous. Like, Oh, before the Bruce? He's like a bootstrapper of sorts. But his dad was famous in America. Oh. On the, that. like, uh, Asian, like, vaudeville circuit. Oh. So he was already juiced into, uh, like, the profession. Isn't that disappointing when you hear that a little bit? 
and it wasn't bad. I was just like, oh wow, okay, that makes more. It's less like he got off the, you know, like that less of the the bootstrapper immigrant story that you're we're led to believe than cousin Lee led us to believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, this was not said by Bruce Lee, but who do you think said this one? We'll we'll go out on this one. I believe in free speech. I believe that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I don't agree that they should hold the United States of America or the world hostage by taking a venue where people are tuning in to watch a football game and imposing their political views. I think it's outrageous. I think it's a joke. It's disgusting. I respect the American flag. I myself have risked my life's my life countless times for the American flag, and I don't understand or agree with this kind of behavior. <laughs> Um, I was going to say the Trumpy Llama, but is that John McCainy Llama? Oh, that's fucking Steven Seagal. Was it? Oh, come <laughs> on. He didn't serve in anything but the fucking chow oh. line at on the set of... <laughs> I fucking risked Bullshit. my life countless times for the American flag. That, that guy is, is what out of his mind. threw me off. Because I was like, well, it has to be someone who served in the military. Nope. He knows- risked my life snorting Singapore cocaine. God. Oh, yeah, baby. I had another Hogan in here. I train all the time, and the weird thing is I'm in the gym with people between 20 and 25 years old, and I look in the mirror, and I look better than they do. And they're young kids. Either they haven't trained hard enough, or they aren't serious enough. I thought I'd get you with the Seagal there, but since I gave you the No way. He hasn't trained. He hasn't touched the gym. (laughs) I touched the gym closer than he has. But I guarantee you, if you overhear somebody talking about gym talk, like yeah, I've been. Oh. In, I was there all morning. Gym stories. Yeah, he's totally a gym story guy. Like he's got him on deck. Nothing's worse than a guy with too many gym stories. But but still, Steven Seagal's kind of like uh, he is kind of like a tugboat or an earthquake. Like mm-hmm. just don't let him. And uh, now now Steven Seagal. Yeah. Like yeah, of course Steven Seagal's not going to hurt you, but don't let him get his hand on you. No, you like, know what I mean. The guy don't with the fucking. He's like Mexican the... back pills and a pistol in his bag. He's like the Sarlacc pit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just keep your distance and you're fine. Yeah, but if he fine. gets a grip on you, sure, he'll put a fucking chokehold on you. But he's not going to be able yeah. to catch you. No, just stay away. Out of his reach. Exactly. Like, Sarlacc pit's perfect. Just hit him with a golf because club. Because it's terrifying thing. But you know where it is? Yeah, it's you right there. See it coming. Just stay the fuck away from it. It's your fault if you slip in there. You know how long yeah. those tentacles are. Huh. Especially if it's remastered. It's got a big old plant mouth. Yeah. Uh, Nothing yeah. to miss. The Yeah, the little horror shop. Shop of horrors. So that's, uh, Man, you can't cage the Seagal libel. Seagal. What a, there were some good ones in there. That Dalai Lama one was good. Hey, yeah. That final closer Seagal was good. Or Seagal. Some good Nick Cage's in there, too. The one, like, I know how to move. My mother was a dancer. Like, just, God. yeah. You can see Castro Troy saying that to John Travolta. I feel, Nick Cage, you know, you know what I think Nick Cage's favorite movie he's ever made is? Hmm. You take a guess? Because he fucking talks about it a ton. I don't even know what I would guess. Ghost Rider. He loves really? that he's Ghost Rider. He talks. I get apparently it's it was his favorite character reading comics. For those of you that don't know, he was a big comic book guy. Okay, I could see that. That's totally in his like 
fucking a circus stuntman makes a deal with the devil to save his girl. He he had a very I, I, he was I was very, it was very relatable to me because his his description was he's just like I saw Ghost Rider and I didn't understand how somebody that looked that bad could be a good guy. Be good. And I was like, yeah, cool. That's no, right. it's totally that's it. right. Like, that's perfect. That's why the character is still around because it's a fucking badass in leather and chains with the fucking flaming skull for a head. Like, it's wild. Do you think with WandaVision and all this shit coming out, can they finally make a Champions movie or what? Oh, that would be fantastic. You don't, you don't want to see Champions? Not a fan of Hercules, I guess. For shame. <laughs> she just said shit. <laughs> I hope so. What is she? She's Hercules is shit. Oh, whoops. <laughs> she got a little swear? Yeah, a little bit in there. Well, you can't. Uh, that would be Seagal. amazing. A fucking Champions movie. Oh, they, so good. I think if they bring back Ghost Rider, which they obviously will, get in a cage. Play old Johnny Blaze. Yeah. Retool the o- origin, but have him be the. He's the Obi Wan to a new Ghost Rider. Do you make a Champions movie self-aware? Do you just go straight? How do you, how do you, there's a fine line. There's a fine line. As Nick Cage says that I didn't say, there's a fine line between a good movie and schizophrenia. You could do it where they're like underdoggy misfits. Deadpool style? But then it has to have heart. Like they have to actually like pull through and like save the day right because for those of you who don't know which most people don't there's this great comic marvel comic i use great very loosely great like a steven seagal movie um in that era of like you got first big team you got avengers yep. and then you got a, another team which is called defenders and that's mm-hmm. hulk dr strange silver surfer a bunch of the other guys who were underserved so like let's put them all in one book people will love it Get a little sizzle. Maybe they'll take that back to the solo books. Then we can move a couple extra books. Mm-hmm. So they have these different teams. And they had West Coast Avengers because they had too many That's Avengers. Right. So now they yeah, have two yeah. Avengers books. And then it's like late 70s, early 80s. And they're like, I assume the dartboard was the last <laughs> card on there. Was They threw it. It was like something called the Champions. So Iron Man's taken away. So the Champions is Hercules. Mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch, Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, um, and then two of Ice the Man. X-Men, Iceman and Angel. Yeah. Because they weren't in any X-Men book because they were too lame at that point to be tethered to an X book. So they made this goulash of a comic book called Champions. And the first issue had me hooked. So I was like, Hans, I got to hip you to this comic it's, it's my because favorite. they're all hanging out at UCLA. That's their headquarters is the UCLA campus. It's their headquarters, <laughs> isn't it? So weird. No, you're like, right. They're all just hanging there randomly. Scarlet Witch is there like to teach Russian. Hercules is just fucking with the football team. Like he's just like, oh, you think you're strong? He's like lifting the goalpost with all of them hanging That's on funny. it. The best is is Ghost Rider is just driving by. He's just driving through. It's out for a ride. And it's like, what Mid-day. is it? Like that? The hags of Zeus appear for some reason. A, po- so a portal. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. A bunch of harpies. 
It's the harpies. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's it. Nick Cage is just tooting by the campus. He's like, well, trouble's afoot. Looks like it's time for Ghost Rider. They, uh... So it's so crazy. It's yeah, so Scarlet weird. Witch. So it's you, the thinnest you ha- Yeah, it's connection. it's razor wire. Yeah. But, I mean, you have Nick Cage. You bring him back. But you resurrect kind of the the dog shit that was those movies. I don't... Maybe I go back and it's... They redeem themselves. Plus, I don't think so. You could totally... But he played Disney a good... He's a great it. Ghost Rider. Totally. But, those but, movies just weren't good. Um, What's her name? Elizabeth Olsen? She's awesome as a Scarlet Witch. So she's right there. She's chilling somewhere out in the Andes or something, working on her spells. So you got two. Iceman, I don't know if you've ever utilized them. You bring Herc back, maybe. He hasn't even been introduced yet. Need to... I you think they can make a Guardians of, of the sometime. Galaxy movie. They can make that champion. It would have to, it would definitely be of that type. Ilk. You would need a James Gunn to take the this insane group of fucking weirdos and like give it that like heart of a, a Guardians. But it's possible. Doable. Well, we'll just. I we'll, would love to see it. I was gonna kick I would, it to old JP Productions and see. I was what just happens. gonna say, let's win that lottery and make our production company. A bunch of Chindo monsters come out of the portal at South Dakota State University. Just fighting the dick shoes. Oh, God. <sighs> well, what do you say, man? We're coming up on two yeah. hours. It's a good one. Time a lot flies. of good info. Dad talk. Emu Wars. The Dali Sagala. Sagali Lama. Sagali Lama. You you would need two machine machine guns. If you got the Sagali Lama. <laughs> just, yeah, snapping necks. Breaking just their snacks breaking over the necks. fucking shoulder. <laughs> I bet if I find it, I'll send it to you. But if there's not a YouTube smash cut of Sagal arm, arm breaks, breaks, come on. What's the internet the, this for? Sorely missed. Yes. Christ. They missed the mark. Yeah. All right, man. Well. We love you all, and there's nothing you can do about it. Pray, bow to the Sagali Lama. Bow to the Sagali Lama, and hit, serve this hit country. The hammer. Yeah, it serves and this stand country. for the national anthem. He, so he's a fucking CIA training. <laughs> this isn't even his movie. He's a CIA <laughs> training reincarnated Hated monk. Monk. That's a Nick Cage movie. Ah, that's the most Nick Cage movie ever. The uh, movie's called Steven Seagal, and it's starring Nick Cage. Do you know how great that would be? Because <laughs> per- he would fucking crush it. Put on the weight, method. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Wispy mullet, trench coat, glib one-liners. Done, 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 done. That would be great. Uh, and But then who's the who's the ultimate, like, Who's the ultimate foil in Steven Seagal's life? Because then Seagal has to play that. I only found this out recently. I didn't know it. Uh, A guy I work with, we were just talking about trash movies. And someone made a joke about Steven Seagal. And he's like, I'm just going to let you guys know right now. I went down a rabbit hole. It was in a dark place. He's like, I was kind of really into Steven Seagal for a long time. Mm-hmm. So he know he's seen every Steven Seagal thing. He knows all the minutia of Steven Seagal. One thing he told me is that the reason Steven Seagal makes his own movies, oh boy, partially just because no one wants to put him in a movie, he has not played a villain. He will not play a villain. So he has to play a villain in this movie because it'll be his first villain. 
I have, and his name is Nick Cage. There's some qualms it's face here. Off. There's some qualms here, Casey. Steven Seagal produced a movie about basically kick fight about a mm-hmm. martial arts championship, right? Yeah. A, a tournament. And Steven yeah. Seagal was maybe that's the one like maybe putting it on and technically he was the villain because the the protagonist of this was supposed to win the tournament mm-hmm. and to win it he had to beat steven seagal as steven seagal so it was like a really oh, shitty wow. movie i was trying to be meta but even yes, at the end yes. of the day it was like a draw like steven seagal wouldn't he allow lose. he couldn't lose Oh, we so gotta amazing. find that. I gotta send that to you. It's yes, like that's like some old school Hollywood. So he's right. He couldn't weird, play the villain. Weird shit of like, no, I'm never the bad guy. I never lose. He can You've play- actually lost the biggest loss of all because you're now this fucking mean, weird chud of a person. But uh, he was like, no, man. He just he's just in the system, man. He makes enough money to just make the movies he wants to make. Small balled it. He's he money balled movies. How much do starring you, himself? Do you what, if you had to put a number on a CIA agent training reincarnated mm-hmm. monk? How oh, much money? Yeah. Who's been in the industry for almost forty years? How much net worth would you think you put on a guy like that? Because I kind of know it based on the shitty. What do you say per picture or just what he's what well, he's what's, got? What's he account? what's he got in the account right now? I mean, he spent a shit ton of money. What do you, what do you think? A ten mil guy? He's got ten mil in the bank. Is that too little? You're right on the money. Ten mil. He's a ten miller. He's a ten miller. Because I was like, I don't know. I feel like there's a chance Steven Seagal like, might be worth money, like five. That's but... great. But he's been doing. He's been for the amount of movies he makes and shit. I think yeah. ten million represents poor choices. Yeah, for yeah, a, yeah. A, a household name, Steven Seagal. Now, this guy don't fly coach. No, no, he's, he's great. He's, he's comfortable. I'm jet. not. I'm not scoffing at ten million, but I'm saying if he played his card rights, put his fucking name on a few like karate raps and shit, he'd be he'd be worth five hundred million. Now, no, that seems very low for. That's what I thought. That's spot, what I right? thought. But what do you think about this? How much do you think Nick Cage's net worth is? Oh, his is like fucking at least ten times that. He's a like five hundred mil. He's like a half a billion dollar guy. So all my research currently puts him at a net worth of twenty five million dollars. Oh, he's not that much above. I think that represents a lot of poor choices as well, because I think he had a lot of bad like divorces and didn't do his tax and stuff. Because he owned like he had an island and full of. Dinosaur Leo eggs, right? Ephemera. And yeah, like, no, he got into a bidding war with Leo DiCaprio for a dinosaur skull. So I that think that was like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, of I, its own. I think he just represents poor spending, like that Michael Jackson type of "it'll never yeah. run out." And then they're like, uh, "We yeah. booked you a ticket to Chechnya, to Slovenia, and you're starring in a buddy comedy with Steven Seagal because your your ass is broke." Yeah, 25, that's lower than I thought. Nothing to scoff at, but no, no. maybe he's working his way back. Man had the, he had, a, he had it all. Doesn't need any more. You know, you know what I'm thinking about? You were telling me about that great uh, movie that he's working on where he plays himself. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Based on all these, to end up being basically an assassin, right? For the yeah. military. I mean, that's a Seagal role, if I ever heard one. He's training CIA yeah. agents in Japan. <laughs> He's got a CIA godfather. Speaks flu- perfect godfather. Japanese. No bueno. <laughs> no bueno, bro. No bueno. God. You're Japanese, dog? No bueno. Oh, yeah, he does Thanks, talk like Seagal. that, dog. Oh, man. Well, him and DMX. Too strange to live, too strange to die, too strange those to two. Die. It's true. The world will be a few shades darker when they shuffle off the mortal coil to go fight Satan. Can you imagine the guy a thousand years from now who they're like, you know what? There was a, a monk. martial artist, but he was a monk. <laughs> and we think you're him. And you're like, oh, well, you must have pictures of him because there's been that technology. And you're just like, oh, that's the best. That's a JP sketch 100% through. It's like a hundred years from now. And that monk is very, was a very important, like he's the first monk to use the printing press. <laughs> right. So you got a young monk now. It's like, I got to get in touch with my roots. I got to, I'm reincarnated as this guy. And it's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> you're also me, Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's like, no. Right. Yeah. They he's tell in him. my brain now. They tell him you're reincarnated as this monk, right? So then you sit. This but is very. This is movie stereotype of what I see as this being. But like, I need. This is very Mulan, the cartoon. I need to get in touch with yes, my the, reincarnated monk. And you light the incense and you sit and you meditate, and the spirit comes up in the smoke, and and you're expecting, yeah, this it. brilliant monk from the third century, and you just hear like, yo, dog. You you see, you see a pair. Chokehold shouldn't be banned, dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the scene is like that candle lit temple, and you just see a pair of those. It's a cross between a boot and a cowboy boot, extra long boot, brand new, just shuffling through, and you're like, that is not a monk sandal. <laughs> he puts out all the candles, and he's right behind you. You want to get in touch with your ancestors? You found him. Free Derek Chauvin. You're like, I can't. This guy's got to go, man. This guy's got to fucking I serve my country. (laughs) This is Neo-Tibet in the year 2025. Oh, God. Of course. That's fucking, that's the Seagal trope now. It's like, this fucking guy won't stop defending the worst guy on the planet. Just get out of my house. Ugh. Oh, God. That's amazing. It's like, there needs to be a shirt of Steven Seagal wearing that shirt. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> well, I think that needs to be a picture now. And I think if you put it on Facebook, like, of Seagal in a shirt that says, Free Derek Chauvin. Free Derek Chauvin. I oh, hate, God. you know what? That's how you can tell. Maybe you've made a lot of bad choices, because I think 99% would be like, oh, yeah, I buy it. Of course. 100% believe it. People would be, they wouldn't even question that it was photoshopped. They'd be like, that is the truth. And even when it comes out, it's photoshopped. They'd be like, doesn't matter. That's the truth now. And it wouldn't even create a stir because all the people that are like, yeah, we all know Seagal's a fucking asshole Looney Tune. And then all the people that agree with it are like, I already liked him anyway. How can can Steven Seagal go any higher (laughs) notches up my belt? (laughs) This tank is full. 
of love for the Sagali Lama, baby. Oh, God. Amazing. This isn't a beer belly. It's a tank for a Steven Seagal loving machine. Oh, man, I love it. That is so right on the money. <laughs> Just, this guy fucking won't stop talking about it. Are you sure you're a monk? <laughs> I'll, I'll, if you want an illegal chokehold, watch Hard Target. <laughs> and I think that was a Van Damme movie. That's a Van Damme. <laughs> jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. You still dangerous? <laughs> Many people consider me, you know, one of the great masters in my own field. What did you like about the part and your in your character Grug? I, I, I really care about Grug. But you know, with Machida Kun, because his his was is a little closer to mine, we worked on a lot of stuff. There's allegedly a haunted forest there known as the Hoyu Bachu Forest. Where'd you teach that? Where'd you learn that? Where did I learn it? Well I learned it, you know. Uh, you know, sort of a, a variation of that in Japan probably 30, 40 years ago, and I've been perfecting it uh, all these years. It's not exactly karate, it's just something that I created. I just acquired uh, two king cobras. Oh, my God. Uh, a male and a female, and the female's name is Sheba, and the male's name is Moby because he's an albino, so it's like Moby Dick. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I have them behind uh, two computer locked doors behind bulletproof glass, and if the sport was this popular perhaps 20 years ago, do you think you might have competed inside the octagon? Well, I wouldn't supposed, I was not supposed to do that, but I may have been a bad boy and done it. Well, I, I, I did not know that Charlie had an eight ball of cocaine wrapped around his ankle. Um, and we have just, you know, uh, a ton of enemies within. We have uh, these, you know, Democrats that have this whole other agenda to kind of, um, when I say Democrats, it's not just the Democrats, but uh, there are this whole group of leftover Obamaites and people who uh, feel that they should really sort of kind of um, overthrow uh, Trump. That I was going to grab the PA and announce to the passengers that I was the pilot and mm -hmm. that I was not feeling well and that I was losing control of the well, aircraft. No, you can't, you can't. However, for anyone to think that Vladimir Putin had uh, uh, anything to do with fixing the elections or even that the Russians have that kind of technology is is stupid. I had a cat and uh, my cat used to sneak into the refrigerator and he would steal the mushroom. And, uh, you know, I respect the American flag and, and I myself, uh, you know, have risked my life countless times for the American flag. And you, kill you. Let's just say there's no doubt that the Blue Lives Matter patch is the Confederate flag of the 21st century, right? Like, if you're comfortable, Ooh, like if yeah. you're totally no, comfortable much, wearing yeah. that shit, you're like an unsavory person. And I know you see Lindsey Graham. It's right, the Tucker you, Carlson you... of Confederate flags. <laughs> yes, no, totally. 